Have you ever felt like you are running on a treadmill, day in and day out, just going through the motions? Have you ever caught yourself daydreaming about breaking free from the routine, exploring new horizons and pursuing passions that you have stashed away for someday? Have you ever wondered what you would do if you could take a sabbatical year off? Are you curious about the different sabbatical options available from traveling the world to pursuing career or personal development goals? Do you like the idea of having a career break but concerned about juggling your current responsibilities? Are you looking for inspiration or perhaps even encouragement? Join me after the intro for a conversation with a very special friend with whom we'll answer this and many more questions. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in and let's start. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy, but not completely sure what that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did, which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is this so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi. My name is Rosanna D, and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. The pressure we have nowadays to be the masters of both our personal and professional lives is immense. In the hustle and bustle of everyday life, we are expected to juggle multiple responsibilities, from taking care of our families to excelling in our careers. The burden of these expectations can often lead to burnout, exhaustion, stress, and at the very least, a reduced professional efficacy. Despite being a widespread problem, even the possibility of a burnout is often overlooked and dismissed, particularly for women, until it's too late. The system teaches us to keep working, pushing, ignoring our bodies, hustling and sacrificing our personal lives for our professional deadlines and milestones. So what to do then? Emerging research suggests that one of the best things we can do for our career and personal well-being is to take extended time off our job and our lives, a prolonged career break, six months or even a whole year off from the hustle and bustle of daily life a post button on our relentless routines, a chance to seek renewal, adventure and rediscovery. So today we unravel the allure of sabbaticals, explore the benefits they offer and provide you with practical guidance to turn your own dreams into reality. We will discover the challenges that those who dare to take the leap face and most importantly, how to get you started. And we dive into this fascinating topic in a conversation with today's guest, Katrina McGee. Katrina is a career break and sabbatical expert, and also the author of the upcoming book, Taking a Career Break for Dummies, my kind of book. As a certified master coach with an MBA, Katrina empowers mid-career professionals to create transformative and daring breaks, ultimately leading to a more fulfilling and satisfying life. Katrina's work was inspired by her own 20-month career break, where she saved $40,000 in just 18 months to quit her corporate job and travel the world. She is now an enthusiastic world traveler and digital nomad. Her advice on career breaks, money and travel has been shared across various outlets, including Forbes, Smarter Travel, Tribe Global and Yahoo. Hi, Katrina. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. 
Oh my gosh, Rosanna, I'm so excited to be here. And I just have to say your intro into this episode was so fantastic. I wish I had asked you to write the foreword to my book. That was so good. Oh, thank you so much. I have to say it's a very inspiring topic as we were just discussing before starting because it feels very personal to me. Uh, I was saying before I, I burn out at work, so I know all uh, about making the wrong decisions and pushing through and just keep going uh, for for that milestone or for that assignment and without feeling really uh, and, and listening to, to your body and whatever is going uh, through in your life. So it, it is very personal. So I'm really excited to, to talk with you about sabbaticals and having a career break. But before we go there, I would like to know a little bit more about you and I would like to start with you because I mentioned that you started this new career by taking a break, a career break from your corporate job, but I, I would like to know a little bit more about it. How yeah, of course. So, you know, similar to you, I have my own burnout story. Um, I had my first career, super amazing career as an actuary in the healthcare industry, great job security great pay, but ultimately that that wasn't where I wanted to end up. That wasn't what I wanted to do with my time for my whole entire career or work life, right? For all those decades that I was gonna be working. So eventually I got up the courage to leave, but I wanted to play it safe. So I went to business school, I got an MBA and decided to start a whole new career as a market researcher, was so excited, got a great job there, moved out to Minnesota, working for a really, you know, big corporation with like great benefits and a lot of like, you know, accolades as far as what I could do in my career um, and, and things coming to me. But ultimately, I felt very unhappy and I could not figure out why. Um, I had no clear inspired direction that I wanted to take with my life or my career. It was like, I knew what I should do, or I knew what the, pro the progress would be, what the progression would be, but it, it didn't make me feel good. And it wasn't what I wanted. And I noticed there were signs that things were not going so well and that I wasn't feeling like my real self. And I remember one of them was sort of like the way people have road rage. I had like email rage or like <laughs> communication rage where Someone would ask a question by email that I had already answered in like, you know, three emails ago, or they were asking for something with a really crazy deadline that wasn't doable. And instead of just being like, ah, here we go, you know, and just typing up, like my immediate reaction was like, why do people keep asking this? Why can't people read this? And it was just, I was so quick to get to that place of reactivity. I realized it was a sign that I was having a lot of stress and anxiety and just not really aligned with where, where I was and the way that I was living. So ultimately, I got a life coach. This was way back in 2011. And through working with her for several months, I realized ultimately what I wanted was a break. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to feel free. I wanted to be on my own schedule. I wanted to explore myself and my passions. And I just wanted time to rest. And so I didn't have any money to do that. I had like $1,500 in my bank account. I saved up 40K, 18 months, left my job, gave them eight months notice, left my job and started this adventure. And it was transformative. But when we talk about like, how did I end up here? And how did I end up evangelizing breaks for other people? When I returned from that break, I had no idea what was waiting for me. I had only been three years in my second career. I had just now taken almost two years off and I didn't know how hard it would be to come back to corporate because I still had lots of debt from my MBA loans that I wanted to pay off. And when I applied for jobs, the day that I uploaded my resume to the day I accepted a job, that was five weeks. And in those five weeks, I received five job offers for five very different and very good in various ways jobs, including a dream job. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, not only is taking this time pivotal and restorative for me personally, but it can also improve my professional life. And that was when I knew I wanted to help other people do the same thing. It took me a while. I got certified as a life coach and started coaching in 2017. It took me a while to like start that path. But once I did, I was very clear on what it was I wanted to help people do. Beautiful journey, I have to say. 
Uh, and a lot of people, I'm, I'm sure, will uh, benefit from that, uh, going through the same, the same path before it's, uh, it's really too late. One thing that comes to mind, however, is that when we think about sabbatical and gap year, we think about young adults, right? And it's quite common to think about that, thinking of them traveling the world, faraway yeah. countries, living on a, a plethora of different temporary jobs and all these kinds of things. For adults, perhaps the idea of sabbatical doesn't really have the same flavor. How do you personally define that concept that can go easier perhaps on adults as well and can be you know, can, can reduce that resistance at the beginning because we have a lot of responsibilities. You know, I mentioned before families and obviously the, the job and career and you feel every step of the way that you should have been three, four steps ahead of where you are. So how would you personally define that concept? Yeah, well, first I just want to share, you know, I personally have coached and supported over 70 career breaks. So I have taken people into and or through 70 versions of a career break. And when I was writing the book, I did a survey for a lot of those clients and I asked them, you know, how old were you when you started the break was one of the questions. And the distribution is that my clients were in their 30s, their 40s and their 50s. So primarily in that 30s to 40s, but about 15% were in their 50s. So very much mid-career, very much midlife, sort of that inflection point. And, you know, what I want to offer is I get why it can feel like it's a young person's game, right? That's, that's for those young people. I have all these responsibilities. But when you look at the, the timeline of your life, if you can only spend the first 20 years or maybe 30 years feeling free, doing life your way, and then you're committed to the next 50 years, like, just trying to handle responsibilities, that is not a life well lived, right? So it's up to you to take back that power and decide, I want these 50 years, these remaining 50 years to be amazing, or these remaining 30 years, right, to be amazing. Because you are always in control of how you show up for the time that you have left. So that's, you know, kind of like the foundation, right? But to make it more approachable and appealing, I want to say, a break can be whatever you want it to be. I have clients that have kids. I have clients that are single parents. I have clients that are married. I have clients that are single. I have clients that are semi-retiring because you know they're in their 50s and they've done really great with their money and they need some type of income once they come back from their break, but they don't wanna go back full-time into corporate life. I have people that become entrepreneurs after the break and they decide to launch their own business or become a freelancer. There's no wrong way to have a break. There's no wrong amount of time. So if you feel that you can't take a year off, that's okay, don't take a year off. If you feel that you can't take six months off, take three, take two. I worked with um, a senior executive at a Fortune 100 company that took a two month break. And ultimately it became a career break. He originally thought it would be a sabbatical, but he received a job opportunity before he left for his sabbatical um, at a different company to become their CEO. And he decided to take it, but he negotiated this time off to maintain you know, that period of time. And he took two months off. And those two months off were incredibly life-changing for him and how he saw his time being worthy of rest, realizing the power and significance of time, not only for himself, but for his family that he was able to pour into, right? In the ways that he wanted to, and to heal burnout so that he could be ready to step up into an even higher level of responsibility once he returned. And so instead of thinking of taking a break as career regression, right, putting life on pause and sort of feeling like you just couldn't hack it or you couldn't make it or you just were too weak in some way, think about it as career progression, as life progression. This is what I need to get to my next level because we're not machine right? We need to take that time off. We need this time to come back stronger and better and to be able to show up more fully for the responsibilities that we do have. I absolutely love what you're saying. And in particular, there are two aspects that really caught my attention. The first are the benefits that can come from uh, obviously taking this uh, longer uh, time off. 
And the second is on the type of sabbatical that we can have. So shall we talk about that? Let's start, for example, with the benefits. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question, Rosanna. So thank you for asking. Time, connection, right? That's one of the biggest benefits. So this life is fleeting and, and no moment is guaranteed. So when you take this break, whether it's reconnecting to yourself and getting to know yourself in this new phase of life, because we're always changing. And sometimes we don't realize the ways that we've changed. We don't realize the ways that life and experience have changed us. And so we're doubling down on old goals or old routines that served us 10 years ago, but don't serve us now, right? So reconnecting to yourself, but also pouring into the people that you love in a way where you can really be present for them, invest in them, get to know them, feel a stronger sense of community with the people that surround you, right? That's one of the most amazing benefits that can help restore and fill your own cup so that you have a lot more coming back. Physical health, mental health, right? Reclaiming your health. If there's something that doesn't feel good right now, having time to address it without trying to juggle all of the responsibilities and the madness of running your day-to-day -day life, having your job, trying to show up for your job and prove that you're still ambitious and you're still, you know, like, high drive, high achieving, the ability to just decompress and really address health issues. I have a client who had a mystery illness for several years that was zapping her energy. I mean, really affecting her physical and mental health. And she ended up on her break receiving her diagnosis of Lyme disease, right? That's a really serious diagnosis, but she needed the time to go to the doctors and do the advocating and have the energy to advocate and to ask the questions and to do the testing, right? So there's this idea of reclaiming your health. I have clients that have lost weight and gone on fitness journeys to become stronger. There's the mental health piece. If you're dealing with grief and you feel like, gosh, you know, this person passed away or this loss occurred three years ago or five years ago, I should be over it. But I'm finding it's almost like because I didn't fully address it, it's catching up to me. And I need to, I need to stop and process this. I've had clients that have had to process the loss of a loved one that, that passed away years before, but it doesn't, doesn't go anywhere, right? You have to deal with it at some time. So you can, you can process that. And then there's also the world of opportunity, being able to create not more of what you had before, but something even better. And sometimes that something better is external, right? It's like me, a dream job in a really amazing city. I got to move out to Boulder, Colorado and work in the natural and organic food um, industry, which is like very much my passion and my personal interest. That was incredible, right? But sometimes it's an internal change. So I have a client that just shared with me, she was on a 15 month break and she had a married partner. So she definitely had some responsibility. She had to maintain her household, like her part of the expenses for the household while she was on a break. So she was, you know, diverting money to that on top of some traveling that she did abroad. But she came back to a job that is different, right? But similar. And she's living in the same house and she has the same partner and she drives the same car. And she talked about how her life on the outside looks very similar to the life she had before. But the way that she feels about it is completely different because of that journey she went on for 15 months to look inside herself, to understand how to bring peace and joy and permission to be more fully and authentically her in that journey and how she's bringing that new, sparkly, brighter, more radiant version of herself into her life, feeling empowered and realizing she has so many decisions that she can influence and that she can make to make her life Better. And so she talks about how nothing really changed on the outside, but everything changed on the inside. And the byproduct of that is that she's living a life that feels aligned and joyful and exciting versus burned out and grinding and like this sort of repressed desire to go live her life, but not really knowing how to do that. I love that. And thank you for actually for stressing the fact that sometimes, especially with our health, we are a little bit uh, negligent and we don't pay attention to what's happening. How many people can raise their hands and say, well, I discovered this or that simply because, you know, I, I went on, uh, uh, on this, um, I don't know, checkup and uh, that I've been postponing for a very long time and, and 
when you realize perhaps it's, uh, it's too down the line. So I, I think it's a, it's a very important, uh, nonetheless, to, to consider this, uh, this aspect. So you mentioned a number of ways we can enjoy this time off uh, and the type of sabbatical that we can have from traveling to uh, changing career, personal development. Where do we start? What sort of consideration we should have or make uh, before deciding which one uh, suits us? Yeah, oh, great question. And the answer is probably you're going to need a little bit of several of them, right? So you're probably going to want an element of rest and an element of connection and an element of personal exploration. So the way that I coach every single person that I've ever worked with to take a break is to start with the foundation, which is developing a purpose statement so that you are crystal clear, crystal clear on why you need this break and what your version of success is. Because this break will only be successful if you know what you need to get out of it as you go into it. If you just blindly show up for a break, you might have some rest, you might have some adventure, you might have some fun, but ultimately it's possible that you'll end up at the end of that experience, returning to your old life and feeling like you're just right back where you started a few months you know, after your break has ended. So getting that purpose statement, knowing what success means to you is really critical. But when it comes to figuring out what you're gonna focus on during the break, I recommend coming up with four themes. If you were doing, three months or less, I would say three themes. But if you're doing a break that's three months or longer, four themes, where you're picking one or two words for each theme that signify what it is you're craving, desiring, what your priority is for that time off. So as an example, right, like, because what does that actually look like? A purpose statement, one of the, one of my favorite purpose statements uh, a client of mine created was putting herself at the center of her life. So she was a partner, she was married, she had a, a job that very much depended on her. She worked for a nonprofit, like she believed in what she was doing. It really mattered. She's trying to have this very positive impact on the world, right? But in so many ways, she was giving herself away to all of the things except for herself. And it was like she was no longer in the middle of her life. Her life was revolving around all these other responsibilities. So her purpose for her break was to learn how to and place herself in this be the center of her life to feel like she's the center and so that was the purpose statement right that's the big why that's why it's worth it that's why that's like what success is and when it came to her themes right we talked about different things that she needed to get out of this experience so one of them was a joy immersion right an interest exploration doing things just because she was interested in them, just because they brought her joy. Everybody is going to have some element of rest. The word that you use might differ. So some people might want restoration, just feeling like they want to refill their cup, while others might feel like a detox is necessary. Maybe they're in a toxic work environment. Maybe their home life isn't the best. Maybe they just feel like they need to disconnect from all of the things that are sucking their energy to fully restore and restart before they come back, right? So whatever your version of that is, rest is usually one of them. Personal exploration, whether it's, you know, um, creating learning, maybe there's something you want to learn. Maybe you want to do, I have a client that did fellowships and um, got to travel, you know, to different places. He, I think he even went to like, he went to California and then I think he went to Puerto Rico, but he was traveling for two different fellowships that he did that expanded his professional portfolio, right? Like these are experiences that are relevant to work. Um, you can take courses just for fun. If you want to launch a business, you can explore that. You can do things that are about learning how you're going to show up and make these offerings, right? There are so many things you can choose, but ultimately pick four things that you want to focus on and let those be your themes. Wow. So would you say one theme per uh, particular area? Like, uh, you know, if yeah, you... so I would, yeah, you, yeah, so that's a great question. So there will be, there are several areas, so some won't resonate, right? Like some people are very active and they love their physical health. And while, you know, they might want to do, spend more time doing fun physical things, that's not a focus of 
like a North Star. I have to get this out of my break. That's what this break is about. That's just part of their life, right? For other people, it might be like, oh my gosh, my health is failing. I feel so sedentary in my life. I really want to reclaim my health, right? So that, that might be a theme. So there are many to choose from. Some won't resonate for everyone. And it's not about what is a well-rounded break look like. It's truly about what do I need to have in my life right now so that when I come back from this experience, I am a stronger, more grounded, more empowered, more fulfilled version of myself. So I have some prompts that help people, you know, dig into that. You can ask yourself, what would make this break worthwhile is a great question. What does it need to have to be worthwhile? Another great question to ask yourself is, how do I want things to be once this break is over? And if it's easier, you can ask yourself, how do I not want things to be when this break is over? That's very illuminating as far as what you want to call in and what you want to sort of reject going forward. But asking yourself some of those deeper questions will help you figure out what are the four most important things I want and need from this experience. I absolutely love it. So what are the considerations then that can make or break a sabbatical? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, well, one of them is not having a clear purpose. So it's so easy, right? If you, as an example, if you wanted to travel um, or thought traveling sounded fun and that's what you're supposed to do on a break, right? In quote, supposed to do, you might spend a lot of your money and time traveling. But if you really needed restoration and connection, you're going to end that experience having some really great memories, some really great photos, but feeling like you're still depleted, both physically and emotionally, right? So not having a purpose, not thinking about what you need to get out of the break through your themes <clears throat> can leave you with a break that is somehow amazing and yet completely like not satisfying um, or not giving you what you need. But another way, right, that you can make or break your break is trying to emulate what you think a break should be versus what you actually need and want it to be. So there's this idea of, of like a sexy career break, right? I want to learn things that make my resume look so amazing. And I want to take this really epic trip or I want to have this epic experience so that when people ask me, well, what did you do with your time off? I have an answer that justifies me taking time for myself. But that's not really what success is. And chasing that kind of a break is going to leave you feeling very empty and re potentially regretting that decision, right? Because it's not about proving to other people that your time is worthy, that this time was worthy. It's about proving to yourself that you deserve this time and that when you pour back into yourself, you become better, happier, and just more restored version of yourself, right? And that's a very sad missed opportunity if you're chasing a vision of your break that you think it should be based on what you see other people doing, or if you're worried about how you're going to explain it to other people and you're trying to sprinkle it with these things that are going to make you feel better about telling people that you're on a break or that you took a break. Mm. Again, there are lots of uh, little uh, things to unpack here. Uh, a couple of them. One is uh, in terms of consideration, perhaps, or concerns, uh, is the financial repercussion, uh, both for you know, that period when, when you are on a, a sabbatical and the post-sabbatical. And the other is uh, dealing with all the people around you and how to communicate that in a way that still makes you feel empowered about that decision and not, you know, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I would like to go, but I'm not sure, I have this doubt. So how do we deal with the financial aspect let's go with that uh, i think a lot of people probably I, I would say people that are more on the adult or mature side of that uh, distribution that you mentioned before might be a little bit more sensitive uh, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah you have such great questions for that. <laughs> your questions are so i just feel like they're so important you're asking the really important questions um i might so need your article <laughs> I'm just over here taking some notes. Um, so when it comes to money, what I've noticed is there are two ways it happens. One way is that people actually have the money. 
They have access to the money, but what they don't have is a perspective to give themselves permission to spend it, right? So like they could actually take a break tomorrow or in one month if they needed and wanted to, but they have a lot of guilt or resistance to spending that money. The other is that like myself, I legitimately had no money in my bank account, so there was no way, right, to take this break. In both of these situations, there's absolutely a way forward. If you really don't have the money, you create a plan, right? You start saving. I saved $40,000 in 18 months because I created a plan. First, I knew how much I needed to save. I, I estimated how much my dream break would cost. And then I started changing my habits and spending behaviors to make that happen. And I explain exactly how I did this in my book as well. So, you know, like that's something that has like a lot of like four easy steps, but there's like a lot more to it. So that's in the book. But if you're somebody that has the money, you have to ask yourself, what is money for? Money is an energy exchange. You go to work every day, you give of yourself, your time, your attention, you know, sometimes your health, right? Your, your mental sharpness, everything. You give it to this work. And this is what you get in exchange for that, for that effort. What is money meant to do? Money is meant to improve your well-being, right? But so often we get used to this idea of safety, which by the way, spoiler, like we're never really fully safe, but we get used to this idea of safety, which is great. Like let's have money for emergencies and, and to like, you know, buy things that we need and want. But ultimately we forget that our well-being is just as important, arguably more important than these other things. And so while we're stacking our money and we're collecting our paychecks and we're putting it into retirement, we're oftentimes not directing some of that money into our true well-being, into our spiritual well-being, into our emotional well-being, right? So give money a job. What are you dedicating to your well-being? And ultimately, if, it's, if we're talking about your health or your lifetime happiness, that's, that's not even up for debate. I took a break when I had 45-ish thousand dollars worth of debt in my student loan. I put it into forbearance and I put it into um, deferment, depending on the loan type. But I basically paused those loans so that I could take this break. So I saved $40,000, but instead of paying off my debt, right, I decided to invest in my well-being because that at that period of my life when I was about 32 felt like the most important thing I could do. So I did it. When I came back from my break, I had developed amazing money skills. I felt very empowered. I felt very inspired. And because of that, I went on to pay off all of my debt in less than two years. And that includes taking a pay, a, like I had a job that paid about the same. And then halfway through, like about a year in, I had this other job opportunity come up that I really wanted to take, but it was a pay cut. It was like a $15,000 pay cut, but it was working with a smaller company. And I would just have so much influence over them building their business. I was able to take a pay cut and still pay off all of my debt, right? I could only do that because of the break. So money, right, is important to have. It's important to save, but ultimately give it a job. Make sure that you're also spending it on your well-being, right? So giving, giving a full understanding to what it means to afford a break versus feeling like you have to have $2 million in retirement and, you know, like $100,000 in savings before you can ever think about doing such a thing. Um, and then again, if you're saving, right, save. But like, really evaluate how you're spending your money now. And if some of that money could be redirected into an account where you could start saving for your freedom fund, right? Or your burnout fund, or just, you know, your career break fund. Yeah, I, I absolutely love what you're saying here because uh, in particular, I think a lot of people have that resistance or that issue with the financial uh, aspects because of what could happen, but perhaps will never happen. And that connects also to the other question, which is communicating with others, because a lot of other people who have not thought about taking a sabbatical or a gap year or whatever, they might come, oh, are you, are you serious? You know, you have all these responsibilities, you know, your bills will come every single month, right? Th that is probably the first thing that everybody will, uh, will mention. So having done that, that work, having realized that money is energy, 
having realized that you know you are okay with that you have saved enough how do you communicate your intention to others in a way that still leaves you empowered within that decision yes it all starts with you right so you have to become sold on the idea of taking a break and that you are worth this investment that you need this investment and that it's a good thing if you don't believe that there are some people in your universe and your world that will still be excited for you because they want you to take care of yourself they want you to be happy they want you to take this space but there will be a lot of people that will read your energy and project their limiting beliefs or their fears about taking this time off right onto you so the best thing you can do is to develop that purpose statement and those themes because i i see it happen time and time again with every single person i have coached when you get really clear on what you need from this experience it suddenly becomes a non-negotiable it suddenly becomes i know i need this and i know what i'm going to get out of it and even though i might not have an itinerary I know generally what I'm going to focus on doing. And that clarity builds confidence. And that confidence helps you communicate more succinctly and more articulately, right, to the people that you're explaining this to, including your manager when you're giving your notice or you're telling people at work what you're doing and on top of the people in your personal life, right? So number one, build that confidence within yourself. Get clear on what you want to get out of it, what you hope to get out of it, why you need to take it. But the other thing is a lot of people are going to defer to you as to whether or not this is a good thing because it's still very unconventional and unfamiliar. And so they might not know anyone else personally who's doing this. So they're going to come to that conversation like, hmm, is this a good idea or a bad idea? And if you show up and you're like, I'm taking a break and let me tell you what I'm doing and I'm going to rest and I'm going to you know, apply for this fellowship and I'm going to do some travel, but I'm also just going to reconnect to myself and rediscover who I am in this chapter of my life and put myself back in the middle of my life and really reevaluate some of my relationships and the activities I'm doing. I'm just so excited for this. That person is going to be like, wow, okay, well, I'm excited for you, or I'm interested, or I'm curious, right? Like, this sounds kind of amazing. Versus if somebody's like, well, you're taking a break? What's that about? And you're like, you know, I'm just really tired and... I don't know. I just, I just need this time. And I just, I'm just hoping good things will come. I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out. And I just, um, you know, I just, I really need this and, and I might travel. I'm going to, I'm going to do some things. I just, you know, like I'm, I'm hoping I can get something when I come back. Like that person's going to read your energy and be like, Oh my God, this person is making a huge mistake. <laughs> like I'm not going to be excited for that. Right. So you really have the power to influence a lot of people. And you're still going to have a naysayer or two appear. Most people will be excited. Most people will be curious and excited for you. And they'll want to vicariously live through you and your experience. But there will be that person or those two people that just don't get it at all. And spoiler alert, it's probably going to be a loved one. It's probably going to be a family member or a partner or somebody that you really respect at work. But somebody that you really want to be on board is going to be like, no. And the advice I give for that is understanding we're all humans living our own individual experiences and projecting our experience of life, you know, through our own eyes. So when I see you, Rosanna, I'm judging the things you do through my own limiting beliefs and my own empowered belief, right? So sometimes I'm not going to get what you're doing because it blows my mind or it pushes up against a belief I have about what is possible. And a break absolutely does this for some people. And so when they're telling you you're going to make a huge mistake or regret it, they're just giving you a glimpse into what they believe about themselves. They don't actually know you in the way that they know what you're capable of. Only you know that. And sometimes we're even oblivious to that ourselves, but only you actually know that. So you can't outsource belief to other people in the extent that you can only take a break if everybody unanimously decides it's a great idea. That's outsourcing your power and that's outsourcing your vision. Not everybody's gonna get your vision because it's your vision, right? You're responsible for that. And so it's really understanding, it doesn't mean anything about me if people don't get it, but I can set people up to be excited, to understand it and to think positively about it if I can think positively about it, if I can understand it, if I can at least be clear on why I'm taking it 
people will want to advocate for me and support me on my journey. It makes me rem remember uh, of a something that I heard, I believe from Lisa Nichols, uh, who talked about vision. And she said that a vision is like going through a door. There is only the space for you. You cannot take someone with you while you are going through the door. Only once you are on the other side, you can take them with you. And I think that is one of the challenges that perhaps we face because we would like all the people that for us are important to carry the weight perhaps together with us and come with us, uh, not you know, physically or on the sabbatical, for example, if we are traveling, but emotionally and psychologically that they are part of that decision. And as you said, this is our decision and only uh, we are able to fully understand that. So I uh, really love what you're, what you're saying here. Yeah, it's and I just want to add to that because it's so great. I, by the way, that gave me goosebumps, the way that you described the vision in the door. I'm going to keep that. I really, I like that visual. It's not mine. It's uh, from Lisa Nichols. Yeah, it was so good though. It's I so good. Thank you for that. Um, and I just want to confirm what you're saying by by also sharing, you know, people that love you that don't get your vision, it doesn't mean that they, they will never get it, right? To your point about you go through the door first and then you invite and leave space for them to come through with you. You know, I have clients whose family members, loved ones, spouses, right, did not believe in the break and had a lot of skepticism and said some really like, you know, really skeptic, skeptical things about, I think this is a mistake, blatantly. I think this is a mistake, but in both cases, when they were on their experience and this new version of them was emerging and they were so much lighter and they were having these amazing experiences internally and externally in both situations, those people came around and they were like, oh, I kind of see what you're doing now. And I guess this actually was a really good thing for you, right? So understanding that if you need everybody to see it first before you do it, you're never going to do it. But a lot of times if you find the courage to do it, those people will come through the door. They just, as you said, don't come through it with you at the same time. Absolutely. There is method in the madness. Yes, they say. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, talking about challenges, are there challenges that one faces, for example, when planning for a career break or things that have come to you or your clients, for example? Yeah, absolutely. I will be honest and say most of them are more mental than logistical, like the real I'm really stuck here challenges. So you'd asked earlier, right, what, what can make or break uh, your break or your career break or your sabbatical? And one thing I didn't mention that I think comes up now is having a reentry period. That's also really critical for a successful break is to build in and dedicate time and money to this sort of liminal space where you are no longer fully on a break, but you're giving yourself time to reintegrate, to start looking for your next opportunity or start creating your next opportunity and transition back into full on work life, right? So we call that the reentry period. You need one of those. That is definitely a major break. And so when it comes to fears and challenges, one of the biggest fears I see clients wrestle with is what happens after the break? And of course, we don't know that, right? Unless it's a sabbatical with your company where you're just taking, you know, a short leave and coming back to the same company. If you're actually taking a career break, you don't know what you're going to come into when it's over. And that can be very scary and very uncertain. So in working through that, right, we really focus on what are you going to get out of this experience, right? That purpose statement and those themes and understanding that that version of you that feels well-rested, that feels fulfilled, that feels connected, that feels inspired, that version will kick the old version of you's butt, right? Like that version can do so much more. So we really anchor to that, but then we also focus on setting up a re-entry period and you know, what might you wanna do with this time? How much time can you dedicate? How much money can you set aside? And helping people feel like, okay, I don't have all the answers now, but I'm not supposed to have all the answers to take the first step. And I know that there is this period of time where I'm allowed to wrestle with that hard question and figure out my answer, but I'm not responsible for having all of the answers before I've ever even started. And then I think, you know, one of the other challenges 
is being able to give their notice is actually a big challenge. Like, when do I leave? How do I leave? How do I tell my manager? How do I leave on good terms? And luckily that is really simple, right? It goes back to building your own belief and confidence first, and then communicating from a place of truth about what it is you're trying to do on this break. So knowing your themes and your purpose statement help you immensely communicate very simply to people at your job about what you're doing and why. Because when people are like, well, what are you doing? I'm taking a break. Oh my gosh, let me tell you about it, right? I've just realized there's so much life that I'm not really present to in, in all these good things in my life. And I just really wanna take, take time to pour into that, to have some adventures and to explore new parts of myself. And when I'm doing that, right, I'm planning to take courses, I'm planning to, you know, go to go to Europe and visit, you know, like my uh, family of origin and like study some genealogy stuff. Like my clients have done some really amazing things. And when I come back from that, I'm so excited to show up fully recharged and excited for my next opportunity, right? It just helps you communicate what that is really about. Um, and that can sometimes though be a really big mental challenge for people as far as like when they're thinking about it. As far as the logistics go and the planning, um, the only thing I see that is really harmful is people thinking that they have to have an itinerary where it's like they have to know exactly what they're doing day by day, week by week. You will heal. You will expand on your break. You have to leave space for Rosanna in month three of her break is going to have way different ideas about how to spend her time and what she wants to do to fulfill herself than Rosanna two months before her break even started. And so you have to leave room for this evolution of you to inform and influence your break. So it's great to have a structure. It's great to have those themes and to kind of have ideas of what you're going to be doing on this time. Yes, you can make plans. But one of the challenges is actually people thinking that they have to be overly prescriptive about that time which can turn your break into a job and then it feels like crap. <laughs> I'm laughing about that because I'm notoriously a control freak person. So I want to have exactly all the answer. I, I need to plan every single detail, every single second of, of that break. But for my job, my main job, I also travel a lot or I used to uh, at the very least. And I used to travel solo. Uh, very often, so I had to organize very often uh, little um, trips and or take time off. And very often, I organized these things where I was when I was already there. So it wasn't done ahead of time. I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew that there were two, three days perhaps attached to that particular meeting or that particular mm -hmm. uh, situation, but not scripted, as you said. And I have to say, I always found the most amazing experiences to, to, to do and, and to experience. So understanding where you are going, what people do, where they end up, what kind of experience you can uh, do there, it's absolutely fantastic. And you cannot, I mean, you can find a lot of things, I suppose, on uh, on internet, but not as many uh, or as uh, interesting, perhaps, as you could by living there, by asking the local people. So I, I yeah, love what you're saying. The, the freaking me is still freaking out. <laughs> yeah, but to your point, it's leaving room for the magic, right? Like when we are trying to control and determine and set everything, we've decided that there's no room for magic. There's no room for the universe to create an amazing opportunity or put an interesting person in our path or you know, show us something that we didn't already know. And that's just so silly because that's sometimes where the best experiences come from is when we've left room for the magic to show up and then we have the space to say yes. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I, I mentioned this traveling solo, which is a, a big component, I suppose, of the kind of sabbatical where we, we go somewhere, we experience uh, new cultures, for example. But that can be also very scary um, even for people that perhaps have some experience traveling, how would you tackle that with a potential client? Uh, what would you say to release a little bit of that anxiety of going along? Yeah. So, you know, first I would, I would just say for context, when I took my break, I was 32 and I had only 
traveled abroad once. I studied abroad um, in business school for one semester in Barcelona. But that's kind of living somewhere with a bunch of students around you and like programming to help you feel integrated, you know, in the community. I was not a world traveler. I did not travel abroad until I was 29, almost 30 years old for the very first time. I was not well experienced. I did not have a lot of solo travel, um, really any internationally. I, I did have some in the US, but, you know, number one, I didn't have it. So what I found to be true for myself and for my clients is Number one, it was really helpful for me to believe in the goodness of people around me. So I think I started the break as a solo female traveler, being told how dangerous it was, how everybody was going to try to like mug me, rape me, take advantage of me, like do really terrible things. You know, it's just like always be on guard. And for sure, you need to be on guard. Sadly, as a woman traveling alone anywhere in the world, you need to have some level of awareness as to what's going on. But what I found is that people really wanted to help me and they wanted to know me and they wanted to talk to me and they wanted to support me because it's like, oh my gosh, here's this foreigner by herself. Like, let me ask her if she wants to have a coffee or let me like make she looks lost. Let me ask her if she needs help, right? And there were so many people that just wanted to pour good, kind things into me that it was astounding. And I was, I was really, you know, that really warmed my heart and made me feel so much sort of safer as a, as a citizen of the world, if you will. And so believing in the goodness of humanity was really helpful to feel not so afraid. I think understanding that anxiety is just a sensation in our body. It's not necessarily um, this beacon of terrible, awful things. Uh, there's a term I like to use, scared sighted, scared plus excited. And when you're feeling scared sighted, that's usually a great thing. It means that you're pushing your comfort zone and your edge but that you're doing something that's really in alignment. So there's that excitement and also that fear, right? And they kind of come together. And so knowing that scared sighted isn't a bad emotion that you need to like resolve or walk away from. In fact, I would argue you lean into it. Um, but the other piece is, you know, you can plan around that fear of loneliness. So I was in my thirties when I took my break and I stayed in hostels for the first time sometimes um, because staying in a group of other people that are visiting, you know, this other country as a tourist, maybe speak English, um, are going out to dinner together or doing, you know, adventures together. That was really helpful in certain countries where I felt overwhelmed because I didn't speak the language. Maybe culturally it was really different. Um, they're like hacks like that, right? Joining groups. You can do tours as well. So if you want to go somewhere that you don't feel completely confident or completely safe or just very empowered to go by yourself, um, I have clients that sign up for tours that are like guided tours and they get to sit back and relax. And you can even stay in that country after the tour ends and you can do, you know, your five day tour, get a lay of the land and then stay on once you feel comfortable. You can sometimes have a friend come with you, you know, just for some part of your break. But also I think there's something to really being okay with being alone. So there's a difference between alone and lonely. And I think it's really important to distinguish just because you're alone does not mean that you are lonely and your company can be some really amazing company, but you have to find a level of peace with that and peace with being alone and realize that you're not necessarily lonely. You just need to tune in and like date yourself. And so I did a lot of dating myself while I was on my break. I actually did have a partner, but he couldn't travel for most of the break with me. And so there was a lot of solo travel. I just really leaned into like making friends with strangers. I had the most interesting experiences, the most adventurous, you know, there's always a conversation to be had if you sit at the bar of a restaurant. Um, people will always sit next to you and the bartender and the servers will talk to you and just being very friendly, a smile, really, really opened a lot of doors for me into conversation and connection. I love that. And I love the idea of dating yourself during that, that period. And I agree. I, I mean, you can meet the most amazing people. I, I remember a, a trip to Sri Lanka when there on my own on, uh, for a couple of weeks. And I met the most amazing uh, bunch of, of women. Uh, and in particular with three of them, we stayed in touch uh, after, uh, you know, many years. And we were there together during the same two weeks in a resort and uh, you know we went around visiting Sri Lanka and uh, it was fantastic it was by the way my my birthday and they knew about it and they organized a beautiful trip on uh, a river 
and it was a surprise with a surprise cake and all balloons and uh, it, it was absolutely magical and people that I never met before you know I, I met like a 10 days probably earlier so there are fantastic people around and um, you know I, I feel that anxiety as a, a control freak but I totally uh, understand where, where, what you're saying and I totally agree with that Fantastic. Katrina, I would like to come back to you. And this is the moment where I normally ask people, what are you working on? What are you planning? Feel free to answer that question. But I would say, what is the next career break? <laughs> Perhaps that you are organizing. I don't know. Perhaps it's more in tune with the episode. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love, I'm, I'm all about the break. So I would love a break. As an entrepreneur, it's definitely more challenging to find a break because I am my business currently, right? So stepping away. Um, but I would say what I'm working on. So I just, my book just came out and it has been a labor of love. Um, taking a career break for dummies has, is literally everything I could think I would want and need to teach someone from the practical stuff to the mindset stuff that we've talked about planning health insurance, you know, all the things are in that book. And I feel like my, my mission is for this next year to make sure as many people know about this book as possible. Cause I wrote it to help people, right? I'm not going to get rich off the book. Uh, I wrote it with a traditional publisher. And so, you know, I do get some type of royalty, but it's not in traditional publishing. It's like not a lot. And so really it was, I want to write this book on a platform where more people are going to be served and be able to find this information. And so that's what I'm really focused on. I'm launching a membership to help people that read the book and then wanna learn how to like apply it and have some accountability. But this next year is really about seeing how far I can take it, how many people I can serve, how many people's lives I can change. And, you know, I'm very excited to wind down the year uh, taking some time off. But when I hit 5,000 copies sold, I've told myself I'm gonna take a mini break. So to answer your question, Rosanna, when I sell 5,000 copies, however, however long it takes me, I'm taking a mini break as a celebration. Fantastic. So everyone is uh, now on, on, the, on, on the money here, really, to uh, <laughs> get you there. Fantastic. So if people would like to learn a little bit more about you, perhaps, where they can find you? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn, um, just Katrina McGee. I show up there, I share lots of anecdotes and information. Um, so that's a great place to follow me. And if you're curious about me, the work I do and the book, you can just go to my website, which is kmcgee, K-M-C-G-H-E-E coaching.com. And um, you can find out so much more about me and about the book. And I have some bonuses for the book there as well. Fantastic. And as always, we'll put all the links in the description of today's episode. Katrina, final question. If there was one take-home message that you would love everybody to remember from this conversation, what that would be? Give yourself what you need and trust that the version of you that emerges after you've given yourself what you need is even more capable, is even more fulfilled, is even more excited and inspired, and just understanding you deserve that, right? Give yourself what you need and the world just gets better on the other side of that. Wow. Well, as we wrap up this lovely conversation with you, Katrina, it seems quite clear to me that a sabbatical here is not just a break from the ordinary. It's a profound opportunity to discover who you are, what you are truly passionate about and what life holds beyond the constraints of routine. It's about pushing the boundaries of your comfort zone, expanding your horizons, and embracing the unknown. And I want to leave you with a quote from Francis Scott Fitzgerald, who said, I'm not sure what I will do, but, well, I want to go to places and see people. I want my mind to grow. I want to live where things happen on a big scale. Katrina, thank you very much for accepting our invitation, for sharing so much about your personal story and what you do. I absolutely love what you're doing. Thank you so much, Rosanna. Thank you. Well, we would love to know what you think about this topic. Have you ever taken a career break? If so, tell us about it. And if not, well, what do you think about it? Can a career break benefit you and your personal growth and also your well-being? If so, I'm sure there's plenty 
in, uh, in terms of information and tips in today's episode to guide you with the planning. But if you need extra help, check out Katrina's work on our website and on her book and follow her on social media. You will find all the links in the description of today's episode. Join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.